Welcome. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Deborah Morton with Clario Real Estate, sitting here with Judy Jernigan, Sage and Grace Realty, and Rich Zeglovich. <laughs> and John Anderson with Space and Town Team. We are so excited to be here for our, our podcast where we are talking about the Atlanta real estate market, business, trends, and all things fun in Atlanta. Welcome. We keep talking about low inventory. What exactly right. is that? Yeah. You know what? I don't know. I'm well, looking around and there's there's some inventory. Inventory is building. Oh, it is? Yes. If inventory was really low. What does that mean? It means I, does a I do a search with all of my clients' criteria and there's like three choices. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> but now there's like 20. One of them's a wreck. And yes. Yeah. <laughs> Things are sitting a little bit longer. Yes. Yeah. But the, the fact that the current homes or the homes that were listed last month haven't all gone under contract yet and there are new ones coming on we're we're watching the shift happen especially in certain areas i looked at the hot sheets and yeah, like decatur there's nothing but in other marietta there's homes in marietta now for sale yeah but you go down where kiki is working with these couple buyers in ormwood park and grant park and there's everything's going and quick it's super competitive there are little pockets that are very very competitive and it's you know if the house is all sorted out and really attractive it'll go if it needs you know something or it's right. slightly off it'll linger or it's priced too high like or it's priced too high yeah people are going for the stuff that all makes sense easy yeah i should six homes on saturday everywhere from midtown up to alpharetta and, and johns creek and five oh, agents called me begging me to give them feedback which yeah, i have not been, had that in a while. i've been getting a lot of that too agents following up and ra raring to go so our sellers because i have five <clears> listings <throat> now that didn't sell in the first weekend and the it's it's i was prepared for that the data shows <laughs> i should have been prepared for that and i told my clients about that but four out of the five are like What's going What's on? Happening? Tell yeah. me. And like, yeah. they need to know. They need us to check back. So, and yeah. agents have stopped giving feedback from the three years of. Of yeah. no one, there wasn't even time to get feedback. People weren't looking at feedback. They weren't asking for yeah. feedback. And now. I'm calling. Yeah. Cause uh, the, the one I have in Southwest Atlanta, that's the brand new home. So we're kind of the, one of the most expensive houses in the neighborhood. Everybody thinks it's beautiful, but getting feedback. It's like twisting, you have to twist yeah. somebody's arm. I mean, we had somebody who came through that seemed like a perfect fit because the house is one level, zero stairs. Mm -hmm. And my client, I guess, um, saw on the ring doorbell that the person was in a wheelchair. So we were like, this might be our buyer because, you know, brand new house and everything. And I can't even get the agent. To, and they, they did get feedback, I guess, on the, on the automatic one. And they said the person was interested. So, of course, I'm trying to find out. And my client, man, he'll call me. 15 minutes after the showing, like, what do they think? They're still showing properties, too. I'm not going to call today. I'm going to call tomorrow. <laughs> but luckily, Christy gave us that um, extra uh, showing time plus mm -hmm. package. So we shot drone. And so for for him, I'm just kind of keep showing that's him all, that that's all it's we're worth. working towards it. We're working towards the goal where, you know, we'll get there. And Kiki has somebody from one of the open houses that gradually he may end up being the buyer. Oh, that's good. Uh, right. Where he's 
slow mover. <laughs> it's a good reminder about video doorbells. Sellers may be I watching. Know. When I was a broker, um, I had an agent actually, her client gave her permission to share the video. And so at one of my sales meetings, I showed the video and it was the buyer standing on the front porch, gave their whole strategy for their ATAC, what they would, and, and basically then said, and if we don't get any of it, we're fine with that. So you know what they got? None Nothing. of it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the world has changed. <laughs> I know. I tell clients not even talk about it in the house. I'm like, yeah. We'll get in, when once we get in the car, we can call each other and we can talk about yeah. it. Because even though I think it's advisable for people to put disclosures if they have cameras in the house, they don't have to. No. Except certain areas. But. I think we should all just go through life these days assuming we're being video. That's what I tell people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no kidding. Like it's just good like good right practice. Now, like, like right now, I feel like I might be being videoed. <laughs> I have this strange feeling too, All like I'm time. being watched. <laughs> people are listening, <laughs> might be listening. Yeah, I always tell people the first time we start looking at homes to um, to remember that there may be people watching, there may be people listening. Yeah. And I try to tell them, don't let that make you paranoid. Like I still need you to tell me what you like and don't like about a home. And I think it's okay for a homeowner to hear a potential buyer hear that they like a property. We're just not going to talk about strategy for right. negotiations and, 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 on or, camera. Or people in pictures or... Yes. Uh, <laughs> just keep it to the house. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, I mean, that's like the million dollar question though. What's going on in 2024? Yeah. <laughs> What's going to happen? Exactly. Well, hopefully some of these buildings here in Midtown and some of this construction is going to wrap. You know, we, we're seeing, you know, all of these high rises that are going up right now here in Midtown. I want to know if Elton John's place is going to be sold. Oh, I think it's it going to sell. It's a bargain. I think it's a bargain. Yeah. Yeah. It's $357 uh, th $357 a square foot. And most of the others in that price range are but around 1000 it is, and I think there's the potential to split it up. Uh, and it, it was, it's like 10 units put together. Six. Six units. And, uh, and I think you could split it up and end up with a free unit at Park Place. I really do. So you like need to Sir Elton, wait a minute. Let's stop talking about it and go in on it together. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> exactly. I really think there's money to be made there at $357 a square foot. That's Doesn't everybody want cheap. a piece of... Elton, though, like, wouldn't it be a shame well, to, do you, oh, sorry, go ahead. to divide it all back to its original six or seven? Yeah, I find it hard to believe. I, I don't think it's going to last long yeah. at five million dollars. Because you were, you fast. have some connection, some history. Well, yeah, I, I don't know if I told you. I was on the original design team that did the work in the 90s. I'm dating myself. <laughs> Wait a minute. But, so, what were the design trends back then? <laughs> Uh, a lot of it looks largely original. The, the, the firm that I worked for was called Stan Topol and Associates. And um, it's, you know, very classic. A lot of that white, all just plain white and moldings and classic oh, wait. look. That's back. Yeah, that's yeah. back. Well, and so, he didn't and, change and a lot was, of it. Yeah, it, it, um, it never went out of style. So some of it has never been redone from then. Uh, the, the powder room uh, wall fabric is the same as it was in 1994 or whatever, whatever the date was. Yeah, so. Huh. Yeah. Billion dollar question is kind of like, you know, what is happening in 2024? And somebody was asking me, of course, interest rates is what everyone wants to know. And I was saying today that, you know, I don't necessarily go out and research myself, but, you know, in all the professional organizations that I'm involved with and everything that I hear, mm -hmm. they're expected to in second or third quarter, hopefully start going back down. 
Are you guys? I'm hearing the same thing, but because I stay completely neutral on any political stance, depending on who you're listening to. Really? You, You've been hearing that as a partisan issue, the, the uh, interest rates? That the interest rates in any election year will be coming down because oh. the economy needs to be stimulated. But that, uh, I'm I not an economist. I, yeah, no. and I don't think that that's how it works. I don't. Well, the trends, like the historical data would Shows say that, that there, there, there may be something to be said about that, but who knows? I mean. So, to your point, so much is controlled by the Fed, which is. A, right, it's supposed to be a nonpartisan, yeah. you know. I do not um, know where interest rates are going. No one knows what I have figured what I've seen firsthand in the past year is when interest rates go down just a little bit, buyers come out of the woodwork, buyer demand yes. goes up. Yes. When the interest rates go back up, buyers send to home buyers sit back a little bit. Right. So it seems to sort of even out. Mm -hmm. Like if you, uh, there's just so much more competition. If you wait for rates to come down, it's like it's almost smarter yeah. to just go ahead when rates are a little bit higher and see if you can find a well, home that'll work for you. As soon as everybody comes out of the woodwork, prices the go, prices go up. immediately and there's no negotiating. So Contingencies. And yeah, it would be a good analysis to find out, you know, if you don't have to overbid the price by thirty, forty thousand mm dollars -hmm. What does that relate to in terms of holding a house at a higher percentage, you know, percentage interest rate for a couple of years, a few, three, four, five years? I think housing is like the stock market. You can't time the market. You have to buy when you're ready. When you're ready, and be consistent about how your investment strategy is. Yeah, I mean, because you know, over, real estate is one of the most stable investments that you can make. So it's more about dating the rate and going ahead and making the commitment to the house that is right for you at that time. One thing I know, Metro Atlanta, it, it's, it's not going to go down. People yeah. keep coming. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. yeah. Home values are yeah, staying. And every area, like far out, I was showing up into North Georgia, um, Jasper, um, into the mountains, which I know you guys like the mountains too. Um, it's crazy how it's a hot market out there too. And as far yeah. south, we've got some listings in uh, Fayette County now. And where the movie industry, if the strike yeah. is supposedly wrapping Which up, it is, yeah. then today, yeah, it, today. It well, happens. they have to ratify it, but they yeah. they've come to an agreement. So with that strike ending, the movie industry on the south side of Atlanta is just, I mean, 2024 will be off the chain for that. Mm -hmm. They got a lot of making up to do for the yeah. time they were not working. There's a new filming and sound sound studio and film sets coming um, in the old GE building in Doraville. Yeah, I have a little mm -hmm. listing that's less than a half a half a little home, um, two bedroom, one bath cottage that's less than a half mile from where that GE um, yeah. is planning not only their sound stages but also mixed use development, yeah. um, shopping, dining, oh, yeah, the residential businesses that support all the movie studios are will just continue to grow. Right. Well, yeah, I, I remember when they sold the General Motors plant, and it's been to some developers, but that was been like 10 years ago. Yeah. Been so I'm wondering what's well. going to happen with it. But, yeah, I sold um, a house right there in Chess off of Chestnut, right there in the middle of Doraville, not very far from where you're talking about. And it was relatively new, one of the nicer houses. I think I sold it for 375 like, a couple of years ago. But when I was looking at these little ranches now, now these ranches are, like, 275 And they're, like, what are you, what's yours listed for? It's going to be around 300. Yeah. It's probably going to sell around 320. So that area has is really gone up a lot in value just in mm -hmm. the last five to seven mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. yeah. But the two things that I think back to what we were talking about 2024, 
that I keep an eye on, I think will drive some of the stuff we're talking about is just inflation. If inflation keeps going down, keeps decreasing and doesn't come back up and watching the number of people, the average number of people moving to Atlanta and the companies that are coming here. And I think those two metrics will define oh, what are absolutely happens here. Yeah. You know, they're kind of like the precursors to interest rates and prices. Well, and I think that people are also settling in with this 7%, you know, around mm -hmm. that interest rate because everyone went into shock in the spring. It got a little slow and now everyone's, my business has taken off again. I've, I've been busy. Do we want to date ourselves and say what our first interest rate was on the house we bought? Mine was seven. I can't even remember. Uh, I don't even remember. Mine was in the sixes. Yeah. yeah was it? Oh, say, I'm old. <laughs> What was yours? 15? My first house, yes, my first house was 47000 in Dallas, Texas, and my interest rate was pushing 16%. Oh my God. But I was 20. I was, yeah, right. I was a high-risk borrower. Well, I had great credit, yeah. but that's funny. Yeah, I was, I was 20 as well, or 19. Um, I bought it with somebody else, so I had a co-signer that helped okay. because I didn't have any credit. I don't know if I could have done it at 19 without... Um, I was seeing somebody at the time we bought it together, but it was $82,000 and I think a 7% interest rate. I remember the way I established my credit is I turned in literally utility bills and I had zero credit at that point. I think I had one credit card, but like a $800 limit or something. So you can so get, I, but I think I could have gotten qualified for a certain amount, but I, you know, so it's something to be said that yeah, when you're that young, you know, sometimes you have to start with utility bills and, you know, that kind of credit building. I don't know, is that still the way it works? I don't think these, I hear about all this stuff about parents, you know, getting children credit cards at a very young age or taking credit cards out in their children's name. I've heard problems from it, but I've also heard that some people do it to build their kids' credit. So it's like in their mind, they're giving a gift of something. Dave Ramsey would say something completely different, I think. But, um, but yeah, seeing how, I don't know if that's a common thing, but it, my parents didn't know anything about that. I still like cash. <laughs> Save up your cash. Right, right. <laughs> Be a smart buyer. Right. <laughs> but if interest rates are so low, it's that the cash is practically free, you know, if we could get back to yeah. that. That'd be... That is true. Well, maybe we'll see more of that with higher interest rates where people will actually have cash and put more money down. Well, and that's why I think that some having more expensive listings, or especially you know luxury listings, isn't necessarily a bad thing right now, because no. people are look you know that have the cash would rather put it into a property like that where they're making seven percent or saving seven percent or whatever. But right. so I'm wondering if well, we're hoping on that one listing that that will come true. Okay, so uh, thanks, guys. This was so much fun. Thanks for. Uh, joining us together today. We're going to do this again because it's too much fun. And this is now our routine podcast. Uh, anybody who wants to join can find us on YouTube or any of the places you find your favorite podcasts. Follow along and watch for our next episode soon.